Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. This is Breakfast with Lily and Ryan. And on Mind Your Business, Ryan, have you been in or out and about in the downtown area along Saligi Road recently? Yeah, I know that place, but I haven't been there recently. So what's going on here? Well, there's a very eye-catching 60-meter-tall building. It's near Peace Centre Mall. Looks like something you'll see in the movies, actually. And if you ask me, it reminds me so much of my son's Hot Wheels car collection. <laughs> so this, I think, is the latest kit on the block, so to speak. <laughs> I'm talking about 10 Square, a building-sized vending machine for cars. No need to go to car showrooms. Huh? Prospective car buyers can tap on a few buttons on a machine, get the vehicle of their choice down for a closer look before making their decision. Wow, so this is a super-sized vending machine. So not yes. a bad move. It's quite clever, especially when you look at Singapore. It's so landscape. You have to figure out how to make the most of it. Just like how I think we have seen mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. urban farming going vertical. Now, maybe showrooms could be next. That's right, on top of its stunning looks. <laughs> get it, get it? It has other features that saves cost and reduces carbon footprint too in line with Singapore's Green Plan 2030. And the architect of that is in our studio this morning, Gary Hong, General Manager of Autobahn Motors. Welcome to the show and to the studio, Gary. Hello, Ike. Thanks for the invitation. I hope uh, I can share some insights of uh, why we do the car vending machine. Yeah, Gary, first off, you've got so many cars in your showroom. So which one do you drive here today? I drove a Hummer. That's my school bus. I think that's safe and it's also my childhood dream to own a Hummer, yeah. Nice. Okay, let's talk about um, 10 Square. This is the second building completed in March last year. The first one was being completed in Jalan Kilang, just off Jalan Bukit Merah in 2017. What are the differences in terms of the design and the concepts of these two vending machines? Okay, basically the the second one that we developed is actually because of a uh, 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 long-due uh, passions to build a Times Square of Singapore. That's supposed to be our first expansion of our car showroom, but unfortunately, the land was too small, mm-hmm. so we decided to pull the plug, and, and also during that time, the LED screen was very expensive. So we did not fulfill this uh, dream, mm-hmm. but after we did our first uh, car vending machine, we kind of think that, hey, maybe we got innovative and creative mind, and, and I, I turned to my brother after we got the award of the SG Monk Design Gold Award. I said, hey, remember we have a visions to build a Times Square of Singapore. Now we have the idea to do it and and this is my bucket list. If I don't build it, Mm. I will die with my eyes open. So my brother got to kind of checkmate and say, okay, you know, I can't see my brothers die with the eye open. So yeah, this is how we decided to build the 10 Square. Gary, I've got to touch on that Times Square feeling, right? For many of us, we might not have gone to Times Square before. What is it about Times Square that once or drives you to okay. build the Times Square? That was back, back in long, long time ago. I remember it was 88 or 89 or something like that when I went to New York for the countdown week, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that, that week. New Year. I felt that, that kind of vibes that, you know, it's so community-driven and so warm, even though it was like freezing cold, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that kind of feeling, I have a similar feeling like when we had it, 
during our swing Singapore's and all this. So unfortunately, it's it's no more there. So mm. so I kind of like have this kind of uh, resonance on on this. So I say, hey, maybe you know, I I want to be the one that's doing that. You know, yeah. For the benefit of our listeners and also myself, who have not been to Ten Square, walk us through what someone might experience during a visit there. How does everything work? Okay, basically the idea actually derives from the vending machine and and also a trip to bring my son to Toys R Us. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I I when he was stopping right in front of the Matchbox cars, you know, I immediately pop up the idea like, hey, since I building vertical showroom was challenged, whereby my architect say I'm Xiao, you know, <laughs> and we came up with the idea. I remember 40 years ago when I bought my Matchbox cars, it's also the same layout. So we kind of combine these three old but successful design of things as one. And the experience is to really make it leveraging on technologies to solve our selling cars because mm. we are like Mustafa. We sell all sorts of cars, all sorts mm. of brands, all sorts of era. And it's a family business. All my brothers and us are all getting older. Our memories are stuck already. Mm. We can't build some more. So we leverage on technologies and we leverage on YouTubes and all this to present content before we sell the car. So it's, it's really like a very vending machine approach. Yeah. Right, I'm just looking at the pictures. It's a 60 meter tall building. You've got a huge LED screen on the front and we've got windows that will give you a glimpse into what cars are available. Almost like a vending machine. So the cars will come down if you just push a button. So what is so sustainable about this approach? Okay, basically to start with, I mean, we only use 10% of the land that we're mm. supposed to use if we're going to house uh, 39 cars into a space like this. And on top of that, we no need to aircon the whole 39 cars. You know, we actually climate control by using mm. designs and using sustainable materials like uh, ETFE. ETFE is a Teflon materials that was uh, developed by DuPont and they meant to be very sustainable and they use it for NASA and also like stadiums like the Beijing Olympics, the Aqua Stadiums, the Alliance uh, Arena in Football Germany unique, yeah. and also our Singapore Stadium, you know. And the beauty of this is it's lightweight, so we don't use as much steel and all this that is required. But on the same time, also, it can glow in the dark, you know. So this is something that I thought, you know, since we want to make a Times Square of Singapore, we might as well make it tastefully done so that, you know, we are not too far away from iconic, you know, yeah. And we're speaking with Gary Hong, General Manager of Autobahn Motors and uh, the architect of 10 Square, a vertical... Actually, we are just the builder, you know, but, but <laughs> yeah, the builder. architect is credit <laughs> to my... But you came up with architect. the idea, yeah, so... Yeah. Okay, after your first vending machine showroom went viral on social media in 2017, you garnered international attention as well and also went on to win gold at the Singapore Good Design Awards, Singapore SG Mark. In 2018, since then, have you seen a growing demand for such models in terms of vending machines? Actually, right after I did that, that the thing went viral, and we actually have a lot of unintended uh, invites that it mm. just pop up, and all these like people from the manufacturers level. You know, mm. one of the most surprising guests that I had was the CEO of Toyota Asia Pacific. Wow. He just came in with a Lexus and he started asking me questions, and I didn't even. Even asked him for names and all this and just hosted him. And when I finally got a chance to ask him, like, uh, sir, where you're from? You're from Japan or Singapore? And he said, oh, I'm from Japan. And then wow. he gave his name card. My hair was standing like, wow, <laughs> wow. you know, I have an honour to do that. And they actually thought that it was an idea that they want to look forward to. Mm. And on the same time also, 
is safe space, you know, because uh, I mean, city areas, landscapes are always there. And on the same time, also, we start facing a lot of industrial people start asking us about charging electric cars and all these challenges. And that's where they start to ask me, are you a solution provider for this? Mm. And oh. in fact, I told them I'm not a solution provider. I'm just solving my own solutions. But right now that I did the second one, I think I can qualify myself to be a good design thinking person. And, and I want to go into this space. And I actually welcome like professors, lecturers or industrial gurus to come into the space together. And we hack about how to solve the future challenge of EVs and autonomous car and smart technologies and all this. Yeah, so, so I'm going to this space and I'm learning. Yeah. On mm-hmm. the top of EVs, um, what's the adoption you're seeing so far? And what's your approach towards maybe driving this adoption because a lot of it still has yet to come together especially on the charging side of things yes yes actually I like to classify myself as a very observant person or super observant person Mm -hmm. I really like to observe things that is around what's going on and what's wrong and what's good over it I actually think that EV cars is, of course, very sustainable. But nevertheless, we always face problems. We have challenges whereby, you know, like we all own a a handphone, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, uh, under the factory specs, you know, you charge within these certain hours, you can get certain much of usage. Same as cars, you know, Mm -hmm. you charge full four hours, you can get 350 mileage and all this. But... The thing is that we all are Kiasu mentality, you know. We go back home, even I got 50% on my phone, I would think that tomorrow I have a meeting, I will still want to charge it and have it 100%. Just imagine on cars. Mm. I drive the cars, I left with 100 kilometers, I would say, hey, maybe there's a chance that I need to go around more and drive a little more. Maybe I charge. So when everybody starts charging, just imagine the condos, the HDBs and all this. We don't have enough power for that. And because of this, we lead to more unsustainable approach of it, whereby we need to reconstruct the road, you know, lay more wires and, and do many, many disruptive things. And when we start doing that, we have traffic jams. Mm. When we have traffic jams, are we not burning electricities or gas unnecessarily? So mm. things like this are questions that I think that could happen. And also on the same time, I remember we go to like Best Denkies and all this. We will find boxes outside that recycle your AA battery and AAA batteries here and and be sustainable. But just imagine cars. Each car uses thousands and thousands of AA batteries, you know. And and, and the worst part is that if we start to adopt the Kiansu mentality of every regularly charged, the specs will change. The battery will burn on faster. Instead of lasting for five years or ten years maybe it lasts for three years and the efficiency will start to drop but we can't change the battery because efficient drop because it's going to cost mm. us a bomb you know mm. and these are things that do we consider we have to really consider as a design thinking over sustainable yeah. let's come back to your business uh, the vending machine car vending machine 10 square can stack up to 39 cars with a total bill coming up to slightly less than $10 million. How cost-effective is this when compared to a traditional showroom? Actually, the question I want to ask is before COVID or after COVID? If it's before COVID, it's definitely very cost-effective because Mm -hmm. in terms of land, I don't have to acquire Mm. 10 times the land size to build a showroom to host this. In terms of operational, I don't need 20, 30 people to run the Mm. business. And in terms of electricity, consumption, all this, I don't have to, you know, act on the whole place and all this. So so I did consider all this as cost-saving. Mm-hmm. But of course, the other thing is that, you know, talking about ROI, you know, the second project is really not the car vending machine 
as a priority. Mm. It's actually like a Times Square, a placemaker as a priority. Uh, yeah, it's also the first 3D billboard in Singapore, right? Yes, that's what I want to do. And actually, if you ask me, I would like to use this new term called SIROI, you know, social impact ROI, you know. So mm. social impact ROI is, is really cannot measure through the normal financial uh, calculations of ROI. I think I want to play a role to place make a lot of uh, 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 good deeds, a lot of empowering of youth and all this. So it's like paying forward mm. you know, that kind of approach. And like my, my late father say, you know, last time when people do good, you know, they build hospital, build road. Now, I think I can also do good but by doing a good role in placemaking, building communities and building mm. social fabric into our communities. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Gary, I like what you're uh, saying uh, because you've got this building right now at Short Street and this is uh, something that is quite iconic. I imagine there's more tourists right now than actually people wanting to buy a car going into your showroom. So it's actually getting quite a bit of buzz. And you talked about recreating a Times Square here. What else is needed for that to happen? Because you actually would need maybe more buildings around it, I imagine. And uh, other actually, machines? Or? Actually, I did do a design thinking over this. Together with my good peers, We have I have a very good breakfast daddy's group that, <laughs> that we always go to Newton Circle, sit down and talk. And some of them are doctors, some of them are events, some of them are different, different uh, specialties of people. So I always ask them, hey, you know, if you want to do a big community event, what do we need and what do we lack and what do we... So, especially a few of my events friends, you know, one of them is ex-DJ uh, Ivan Renton, you know. Oh, yeah. So, he actually tell me big events, you've got to spend a lot on stage, billboards and all this. And, and that's something that end up a lot of corporates or a lot of do-good uh, stakeholders give up because of budget constraint. So, this is something that I start to think, Hey, actually, I already have the stage. I already have the billboard. The only thing that I lack of is talent and programs to or storytellers to build up this thing. And what we need is actually the street, you know. So we actually kind of conceptualize one approach of it is why don't we do it uh, like a meaningful Sunday whereby the cities are underutilized, the roads are underutilized, the train are underutilized. And from there, our governments have built world-class museum, world-class Orchard Road, world-class uh, downtown. Why don't we find ways and means to bring people in by the name of doing good together? You know, so this is the visions that we have to close the road. And I just have to volunteer my resources and find like-minded people to come together and we build impact together. Very, very interesting ideas, Gary. So good to talk to you. We have so much to talk about, but unfortunately, we're running out of time. Thank you very much for coming into the studio today. Gary Hong there, General Manager of Autobahn Motors. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.